Have you ever wondered what heaven is like? Do you ever wish you could meet a real life saint? Ever imagined what it takes to be a saint? You are not alone. Really, heaven is not a prison and the saints are not secluded. Join us on the discovery of a lifetime as we probe the mystery of the communion of saints. Find that the promise of heaven begins now and companionship with the saints begins today. No longer strangers, bonding with the saints in heaven and on earth. Welcome to No Longer Strangers. This is Father Taylor, your host. And before we can jump in, let's start off with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, our God, you who have called us to our true home in heaven, to the everlasting Jerusalem, the place where you will wipe away all tears and all sadness, we pray, Lord, that we may have some perseverance of that reality here and now, that we may touch in some way, even if intangibly, those things to come that may stabilize us in the midst of a changing and oscillating world. We ask that we may stay faithful and hopeful throughout all life's difficulties. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I wanted to really kind of make this episode just in the midst of the struggles going on with um, the world we look at, everything we see happening. Um, I just want to try and offer a few, I guess, things that we can kind of grab on. So first of all, um, Israel and Gaza. Let's talk about that. Um, the the Holy Father in Rome, the patriarchs uh, in Jerusalem, have all called for October 17th to be a day of fasting and prayer for for peace in Gaza and Israel. It, it, it's a obviously a very saddening thing if you've watched the news, or if you haven't. There's been forces from Gaza who have invaded Israel, um, have attacked, have, have, have committed some very horrendous um, just, just attacks on very innocent people. Israel is launching a counter a counter strike, and they will be invading Gaza. Gaza is, um, I think, besides from China, one of the most densely populated countries in the world. There's a large number of people, millions of people that live in a very, very small, dense area, and there's nowhere there's nowhere for them to evacuate. There's nowhere for them to leave. And um, obviously, border some borders have been cut off. Um, I think one of their only options is to kind of flee down into to Egypt. Um, so it's a very very traumatic um, just kind of reality. So they're praying for peace tomorrow um, and f- asking for fasting. And this is something that goes back even to the scriptures. Um, Jesus told his disciples when they saw you know, the boy possessed and the and the disciples couldn't drive him out. They said, well, Lord, you know, why, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said, some demons can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. And just as kind of reminder, when we look at the world and look at some of the hardship and the things that go on, sometimes these aren't easy solutions or they're not just diplomatic realities that we can, you know, just peace treaty with or anything. Sometimes they're deep realities that, that call and challenge us all of us to prayer and fast, uh, denying of ourselves, 
of turning to the Lord, all of those in both internal and external ways um, to, to undo the damages, to make reparation, and to bring about true and lasting peace. Um, and we remember that the Holy Land, as it is, has always been an, a, a land of a great uh, turmoil. Um, Jerusalem itself is a land that's kind of been claimed by by Greeks, by, by, by Catholics, by Jews, um, even a certain way by Muslims. There's, there's a lot of, of turmoil. The popes throughout the history of the world have called for the Holy Land to be just that, to be a Holy Land, and certainly independent and, and separated from all the political fights. You know, you have Palestine, Israel, um, Jordan, all these different countries that are fighting for political alliances, all centered around this area. Um, we see now even Gaza, you know, the Gaza Strip, also um, just just a very sad reality. This this place on the on the the Western Bank, it, it's it's terrible. It's just terrible what's happening. Um, so we 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 are called to pray for that reality. Um, it's very very dark and grim. Um, Want to offer also an up an update. I'm very good friends with a religious community called the Institution of the Incarnate Word, um, the Sisters, the Servants of the Lord, uh, Las Servidoras. I'm sure you've seen them or you've heard of them. They they wear the kind of that electric blue habit and scapular with the gray um, habit, and um, very very noticeable. Well, um, their their community and their church is the last and the only Catholic church in Gaza. Um, I've, I've kind of been in touch with some of the members over there. The the two priests and the two sisters that are there are 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 remaining in Gaza throughout all of this. They are um they're kind of working together with the missionaries of charity who also work there, and the missionaries of charity have about um I think fifty or so disabled, handicapped people, um, and they have become their church and their orphanage and their school have all together become sort of a bunker for um for for people during this time. I believe all together they have 500 Christians shoved into their little church, into their school, into the orphanage. Um and they, you know they they say they're trying to keep the kids minds off of their they're playing soccer with them, trying to get them to not um not realize that there are bombs blowing up literally right outside of their building. Um, they said that not too far from them, the the Greek Orthodox um, Christians have also opened their doors and have welcomed about 300 Christians. Um, these people aren't fleeing mostly because a lot of them are children, elderly, um, or disabled, and they just, they, they can't, they can't make the trip. They can't make any move. So um, they're hunkering down. They're, they're staying put. So, um, there's hope. There's light. You know, they've been giving um, some really good updates um, on the situation, and it's it's encouraging. First of all, again, it's encouraging to see their charity in the and their courage really in the midst of this. It's very beautiful. Again, you know, as this podcast is is about the saints in heaven on earth, they they truly are being saints on earth. Um, it's very beautiful to see that. Um, also beautifully, you know, they say that the the Holy Father, um. The Pope, he has uh, he's called them about uh, five times, talking with them, checking on them, updating them. Um, 
encouraging them to please be sure to protect those dear children. Um, really, really heart wrenching. Just kind of hearing, hearing about this. Um, but we do pray, especially for their protection, especially since they will be hunkering down and and just kind of protecting these people. Um, you know, and so with, with that and with all of this that we've been hearing, I think you know one of the questions that always kind of arises and comes up with people is. And people have even asked me, okay, is this the end time? Is this the end? Um, you know, is Jesus giving some sign with there being lots of difficulties and, and, and uprising in Israel? Is this is this the time of his second coming? Is this is this the end of the world? And um, you know, I guess the the, the first answer is yes. You know, is the world ending? Yes. Or is this the end time? Yes. Do we know when the second coming has happened? Do we know when, when all this will happen? No. No, we don't. We don't know what you know what, what will happen. Um, you know, I think people have a, just a different understanding sometimes of, of what the, the end time and what the end will, will look like. Um, the world has always faced certain political and, and, and terrorist attacks and, and all these things have happened. And they are distressing and they are saddening. And they do cause many people to ask that question, is Jesus coming? Will this be the end? Is this kind of, you know, the the sign of the times, as people say? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. But w- here's one thing we always have to remember. The second, and this is something that um, the late Pope Benedict XVI wrote about. He wrote in a book about uh, eschatology, the, the theory of the end times. And he says, you know, we have to remember, like, the second coming of Jesus is not going to be some fruit of our own doing that it's not that like okay we have done enough stuff and we've made enough chaos and then okay that then jesus boom he comes because it's sort of like the it's like the popping of the pimple we've we have you know done the right you know all these wrong things and then it's like bam jesus comes because that's the end of it the the coming of jesus and every action of jesus every action of god is something completely from him completely from the outside is his working, um, not ours. You know, yes, we work and we, and we do things, but really the second coming is going to be something very external. It's, it, it, it the way he, he kind of puts it is that Jesus as God and man, there's going to be two things. There's going to be a certain end in the sense that this is the goal. Yes, the second coming is the, the end. It's the goal. This is sort of the goal of, of what everything is, is going towards and is leading towards. This whole world is longing for that fulfillment and completion in Christ. But then also in his humanity, Jesus is the end of sort of a certain parameter, you know, of certain like dynamics of this world. Um, and so, yeah, we can look at that and, and kind of say that. Um, I, I want to read just a few things that he wrote because I think that they're, they're very beautiful. Um, and this is from Pope Benedict. In the man Jesus, God comes at one and the same time in a human and in, a, and in a divine way. His coming transcends the logic of history, yet concerns all history. Human activity carries on with its own kind of objectivity, but a new dimension is opened up, pertinent to human existence, and thus to all the world. The divine coming compels man to adopt an attitude of watchful readiness, which looks out for the parousia of Jesus. 
and this and thus prevents history from falling into a self-enclosure which would condemn human existence to meaninglessness and purposelessness. Um, that word parousia means, you know, the coming of Christ. So, yeah, yes, he comes in history in a, his, in, in a certain way, but he transcends history. Um, he says again, readiness in its turn is different depending on whether it waits before a void or goes forth to meet the one whom it encounters in his signs, such that precisely amid the ruin of its own possibilities, becomes certain of his closeness that yeah we, we we are and in these myths we we shouldn't see okay jesus the second coming he's like far away and he's coming at, like we should see him that he's near to us that yes there is a nearness to the coming of christ um and this is really beautiful you know he, he talks about you know christ is shown as the one who overturns turns the ancient powers of the world um that he is the one who brings about the end of all this. Um, but but at the same time, he is always near. He's always, you know, in the face of this world that always seems to see these things, see these these uproars and these realities, Jesus is ever close. And that's kind of the beautiful reality is that God is ever close when those realities are there. God is near us. And so, yes, we, we should turn and look to him and have a readiness and a watchfulness for him, and, and stay attentive to him, because he is near. Um, not again as some, f- you know, fruit of this this world's evil doing. His second coming is not, you know, just the final kind of like, you know, th- this is the, the the fat lady singing in a certain way. But it, no, um, it it is him coming. It, he comes to be near us, um, which is just sort of a beautiful reflection. Um, so we, we, we continue to look to him. We continue to invite that readiness, that watchfulness upon, upon us, you know, in the midst of this, as we look at this, um, that we are called to, to stay watchful. And that's why prayer and fasting is so important. Um, it's so important in the midst of this that we do. Yes. We, we cry out, we yearn from, we hunger for him in the midst of this, um, Here's another quote that Pope Pope Benedict says, Faith in Christ's return is also the certitude that this world will indeed come to its perfection, not through rational planning, but through the indestructible love which triumphs in the risen Christ. Um, Faith in Christ's return is faith that in the end, truth will judge and love will conquer. The world's salvation rests on the transcending of the world in its worldly aspect. Um, you know, that that's kind of the thing. That's what we are always called to look towards, is that in every age, just when we see these wars and these insurrections and these fighting and everything, yes, we pray for that coming of Christ, and we pray that that love will will be the end, Will that that love will put a certain termination to this world. Um because just this world and this the things of this world are contrary. They are contrary to Christ and they are contrary to heaven. And so we should always be looking towards that. Um, you know, certain ways, as, as I always love to talk about the saints, you know, they lived, they lived that on this world. They lived so counter-cultural. Um, 
the end was so near to them. And and what did they, the saints give to us? You know, people during their own times, during their own, you know, struggles in this world, they found how near Christ was in their crisis, in their, in their sufferings, in their everyday. They found that God was near. They looked to it. They were ready for him. And when their life ended, yes, when their earthly time ended, they saw that all this readiness, all this preparedness they had for him came to fulfillment. And they had met him. They came to see him. And so we offer, you know, a certain way honor to them and we look to the example for us as well in our own times. Um, these are our times. These are our end times to be in. So, um, like I said, just wanted to kind of offer a few thoughts, reflections, meditation in the midst of all this. And just invite, like I said, for prayer for, for Gaza and Israel and um, just for our own strengthening and hope. So let's just, uh, let's just pray. You know, right now, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Heavenly Father, you who blessed the people of Israel, and you who called Israel to be a blessed nation, and you who see the pains of those people, you who call us, again, to recognize the heavenly Jerusalem, and I ask you, Lord, to let your healing hand rest upon all these people. We pray, Lord, that peace may truly come about in this country, that truth will truly be be brought in and that love will conquer all. We pray that your Son and his coming may continue to empower and strengthen and comfort those in need and bring that nearness to all. We ask, Lord, for your guidance and your strength. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. God bless everybody. Do you have an experience to share? Have you discovered a saint stalker? Has the spiritual life broken the barrier and transformed your everyday life? Or does heaven transform how you live on earth? We want to hear about it. Visit us at www.nolongerstranger.com or email me at frtreynolds at dioceselic.org. That's D-I-O-C-E-S-E-A-L-E-X dot O-R-G. And share your story and even join us on the show. God bless.